Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is Allison Gill of Muller She Wrote and the Daily Beans podcast. We have a lot to discuss, a lot to fit in. So before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash start me up check out all the tiers i do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads you can hear the free shows on tuesdays and thursdays and they're followed up by what's up a show just for patrons where i talk about anything that comes to mind it's a little more personal kind of like my online diary visit patreon.com slash start me up and don't forget you can find start me up on itunes stitcher and wherever podcasts are found now please enjoy my conversation with allison gill welcome back to the show allison Hello, thank you. It's good to see you, Kimberly. Yes, and uh, we're optimistic. So that's that's just, you know, we've been optimistic and we are winning now. And I'm so excited because fucking Sarah Palin lost. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was so good. That was so good. Yeah, like Michael Stipe said, uh, I didn't sell out. The world caught up with me. Uh, <laughs> so here we are. And yeah, did you see the brand new uh, district court ruling on Lindsey Graham? No, I, I did not. Yeah, that just came out. So it's a whole saga, right? Mm-hmm. Lindsey Graham wanted to quash his uh, subpoena to appear before the Fulton County DA down in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the district court said, no, you can't do that. And then he appealed. And the appeals court said, well, maybe you can partially quash it for stuff under the speech or debate clause. Things that you do as, as part of your job as a legislator. Uh, but we're not going to figure that out. So we're remanding it back down to the district court. You figure it out. So she came out, the district court judge, with her decision today saying, yeah, no, you can't quash your whole subpoena. Here's the things that the the things that you can't be asked about Mm -hmm. are, you know, anything on that phone call that has to do with you trying to figure out how to legislate. Um, Because Lindsay was saying the whole phone call was about to Raffensperger was about legislating and she's like no it wasn't bro (laughs) she goes you 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 can you have to answer questions about trying to get him to throw out votes and change the outcome of the election you have to answer those questions if if there's any if they ask you about any of your legislative fact finding then no you don't have to answer those questions (laughs) but you know like I really doubt you did any legislative fact finding on this phone calls my friend (laughs) he'll appeal it again but that's good news and then yeah you also posted um, I don't know how to say this name the lawyer for the Oath Keepers has been uh, charged with conspiracy so talk about that oh yeah Kelly Sorrell Sorrell, um, as a reminder she was um, sleeping with the enemy she was dating uh, Stuart Rose and when he was arrested she became the de facto leader of the Oath Keepers she was in that parking garage on January 5th with the meeting between Enrique Tario, the mm-hmm. proud boy, Stuart Rhodes, uh, along with uh, Amy Harris, who was a, a photographer, I guess, and, and Tario's girlfriend. And so they, they, um, they've picked her up. They, she was supposed to be cooperating. She kind of made a little bit of a, an appearance in the January 6th hearings, um, and apparently she was cooperating. She said she had handed phones over to the FBI, but today they charged her and arrested her uh, for conspiracy uh, to obstruct an official proceeding and obstruct, she had already been charged with obstructing an official proceeding. But you know, when the lawyers start getting indictments, Mm -hmm. uh, 
start getting arrested, that's when, you know, we're getting pretty close to the tippy top here, yes. at least of the of the Proud Boys, Oath Keepers. Yeah. Keepers. How do you think that plays in to the threats that we're hearing from the GOP that there will be a civil war if Donald Trump is indicted? So we're seeing a lot of indictments coming down for like these domestic terrorists. A lot of them are going to jail for one six. So do you, how, how, yeah, how do you think this comes into play for those people? <clears throat> well, it really matters because, you know, when when the search warrant was executed on Mar-a-Lago, for example, we had one guy attack the FBI headquarters in Cincinnati. We had one other guy ram his car into a stanchion near the Capitol and then shoot himself in the face. And then we had like 12 guys with like giant Trump flags down at Mar-a-Lago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think that the message is getting out that yeah. if you F-O, you'll, or if, if you F-A, you'll F-O, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they, no, I think that, and that's why accountability is so important. That's why it's so important to indict Donald Trump at some point uh, mm-hmm. is because I, the, I think the deterrence works. And besides civil, you know, they can try to start a civil war. Mm-hmm. They would be going up against the United States military, mm-hmm. uh, which is an actual well-regulated militia. Right. So, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think they're, they'll get very far, but I think that's why we're only seeing these one-offs. Now I'm yeah. not trying to downplay the danger right. of, of extreme domestic violence, uh, domestic violence extremism here in the United States. It's the number one threat, according mm-hmm. to to our uh, alphabet agencies right now in the Department of Homeland Security. It's our number one threat is domestic hmm. uh, threats to yeah. the Constitution. So, you know, I'm not trying to downplay it, but I think it's, it's a lot more, you know, mischief managed a little mm-hmm. bit better than I think it would have been had we not been 850 arrests in and 350... 350- yes. Guilty pleas in and, and getting, you know, nabbing people, uh, charging him with seditious conspiracy, etc. Yeah, and I was talking to Jen Tobb the other day, and we were, Lawrence was on the night before. I love how he trolls Donald. He's so good at it. And so he was just going on, and he's like, you know, your little civil war that you're threatening. He was just basically saying, you know, these MAGA people are spread out throughout the United States. They're not a well-organized militia. Of course, we saw the videos, I, you know, those videos of these guys, these militia guys trying to train each other. And um, it's just laughable. And dance theory? Yes, yeah. yes. And... So Lawrence's ultimately his point is, look, yeah, you've got people all across the country, but you're all spread out. And there's a lot of people like, for instance, my aunt is a mega. She's not going to take up arms and go fight. She's never going to do that. So there are. And it's like you said, you don't want to downplay the actual violence because there are uh, violent groups. But a we're not in a Trump administration. And so, yeah, the military, it's, it's a little bit different with Biden as president and the arrests are really helping. So I'm glad to see that. And. It's very good news, very good news. And I'm just so happy because, you know, you've talked about your hope porn before, getting (laughs) getting shit for your hope porn. And things aren't happening because you and I said anything. Things are happening because that's where they're happening. But I think the point here is there's a lot of EORs out there, a lot of negative people. This is going to happen. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. And they get themselves all worked up. And then sometimes we actually win. So why waste your fucking time? With all the negativity. So, um, okay, I want to jump to something else, too, because I want you to go over this uh, thread that you wrote, starting off with, remember how I said DOJ should argue jurisdiction first? So I just, I kind of want you to go through this thread, because you're just a wealth of information for all of us. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Well, here, let me pull it up, because it, it, it dawned on me after having a couple of... Uh 
discussions with some some lawyer friends of mine after reading this Department of Justice filing in response to Trump's motion for a special counsel, which was just stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in so many ways. Yeah. But I couldn't figure out because I was like, dude, go hard in the paint about jurisdiction because mm-hmm. the Presidential Records Act requires that any you know, issues that a, a movement has with regards to executive privilege have to be filed in the D.C. District Court of Columbia, not in the Southern District of Florida with a Trump judge that they drove mm-hmm. 60 miles to file with so that they could get a, a, a you know favorable outcome. So I was like, just don't even argue anything else. Just go for jurisdiction mm-hmm. and say, this is your case, lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all, you know, we already have another case with, with Reinhardt. Go there or go to the District of Columbia. So I was like, I wonder why they didn't argue that, um, you know, full throatedly mm-hmm. as it as it turns out. And I'm bringing up the thread here so that I can uh, remember what I was talking about. But <laughs> um, they didn't go hard in the paint. And I figured out why it's because the Department of Justice is arguing that Donald doesn't even have a claim under the Presidential Records Act. And it reminded me of the best uh, analogy I could think of is there was an episode of Cops or America's Dumbest Criminals or something <laughs> where a lady was in her front yard. She just got ripped off uh, by, a, I think, by a crack dealer or she was dealing crack. Mm-hmm. And she, they stole her money or her crack and didn't pay or something, right? Like they, yeah. She didn't get her half of the deal, whichever it was. So she flagged down an officer. <laughs> what an <laughs> idiot! <laughs> And she said, this guy totally ripped me off. He took the crack and didn't give me my money. (laughs) And the cop was like, look, we can only help with legal relief for legal stuff. You know, we can't help you with legal relief when what you did was illegal. And it's the same thing here. And if you read this closely, (laughs) and I was like, oh, my God, it's the lady selling crack. (laughs) The Department of Justice says you can't seek relief under the Presidential Records Act when you violated the Presidential <laughs> Records Act. And the quote is, inequitable conduct makes equitable relief inappropriate. Wow. So had Donald turned the records over mm-hmm. pursuant to the PRA, he could then sue mm-hmm. over executive privilege to get them back. And if he did, that would have to happen in the D.C. District Court. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they could have said, yeah, dude, you could have sued under the PRA if you complied with it. Uh, and had you done that, it would have had to have been heard in D.C., not Florida. But since you didn't, we don't even know what to do with your dumbass. So, <laughs> But here's the thing, and this is why I don't t- trust this judge. His violation of the Presidential Record Act, uh, Records Act actually does impact jurisdiction hmm. because the federal court has no equitable jurisdiction over an equitable act. A cop can't go get your crack back. Mm-hmm. The Trump judge tried really hard to give a huge hint to the Trump lawyers in her minute order. Remember in her minute order when she's like, look, you tell me why you're here, what you want, you know, file a supplemental because I have no idea what you're talking about. You haven't asked for an injunction. You haven't asked for relief. You haven't talked about jurisdiction. And in that order, she mentioned anomalous jurisdiction instead of equitable jurisdiction. She goes, tell me about your jurisdiction, whether it's equitable or anomalous, which is like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Mm -hmm. Tell me in your filing and your supplemental that you're here for anomalous jurisdiction. And they missed it because they're so stupid. 
So DOJ's jurisdiction argument focuses on equitable jurisdiction as opposed to the provisions in the Presidential Records Act, which makes total sense to me now. Mm-hmm. And I know it seems confusing, and that's kind of why I brought in the, the world's dumbest criminal right. analogy. Like, you can't ask for relief under a law that you broke. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is this is just crazy, everything that's going on. And, you know, I mean, you can take a look at when they announced that they were going to kill Roe and then they actually killed Roe. It, it seems like that was the start of it. And, and that wasn't has nothing to do with what's happening with Donald. But it's all like kind of coming together. And I've said this before on other podcasts, but it, it seems to me like, you know, I wrote an article. I don't know when it was. It was before we knew who the nominee was going to be early on in the in the uh process for the Democratic nomination in 2020. And I absolutely didn't think Joe Biden was going to make it at all. And I no. gave my reasons and I was not alone. And then it became, oh. it was like every anybody but Bo, Joe Biden. Then it was like, he's the only one who could save the country. And it kind of was that way. And then he did. He, he won the election. And of course, it's all starting. Hunter Biden's laptops, low approval ratings, blah, 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 high gas prices, and it's all looking bad. And then it's like all of a sudden things start turning around. And Joe is now like <laughs> these memes with the fucking dark Brandon are so funny. Um, I, my, my favorite is the one of him talking about he's he's here to eat ice cream and uh, something about getting rid of malarkey. I can't remember. Yeah. It's malarkey. It's a malarkey meme and it's so fucking funny. It is. <laughs> but OK, so I want to ask you a question that I asked Jennifer Top. And I just want to see what you have to say. Okay, right now we're all focused on these documents and all that has to do with that. Um, but we've got the 1-6 committee, and that's kind of taken a backseat for the moment. Plus, we have the Georgia investigation. And so my question here is, how do you think the 1-6 investigation, well, all of it, but specifically going into 1-6 investigation and the Georgia election, with what we know right now, with all these documents, how do you think that affects the midterms? Uh, well, I think that, you know, there were a handful of, of folks, at least on Twitter, um, some of the howlers who were very uh, concerned, we'll say, but, you know, furrowed their brows, yeah. Susan Collins style, <laughs> over the fact that the Justice Department was moving slowly and silently. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, bam, this documents case comes out. And I think that at least for the Biden administration, because what happens in Fulton County doesn't really impact the Biden administration, but it might give you, you know, some nice feelies Mm -hmm. about about Democrats in general. Mm -hmm. uh, And that could impact the midterms. But I think that in general, for the for most Americans, I think. You know, and we've seen the polls, 60, 62 percent of people want this investigation to continue. And we mm-hmm. haven't seen that since the since the search warrant. Yes. We haven't seen those numbers. I'm sure they've gone up. But Biden's numbers have gone up, too. I, I'm not sure if it's more to do with all of the legislation he's getting done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dark Brandon rising or, you know, maybe a little bit some of the people outside of the bell curve who were deciding, you know, whether or not to vote on whether or not mm-hmm. Trump might be held accountable might be coming around do you know what i mean i don't think it was i don't think it was too many people but it doesn't yeah i mean it helps we're sort of on this high right like you know you take you take one pill of molly and then you wait till it kicks in (laughs) and you ride that wave i feel like all of these things happening at once positively for Mm -hmm. for the biden administration are sort of feeding off of each other and giving us maybe like a little asymptotic yeah 
presidential wave up to the midterm. So it all helps. Yeah. And then, I mean, Christopher Boozy, it's funny because he keeps telling us that he said, I wish I could, the 3rd of August, maybe. I think it was the 3rd of August. And he said that there was going to be like explosive information coming out that will make the October surprise seem like like the normal October surprise seem like a nothing burger. And then I believe it was this week. He said, by the end of the week, you will be seeing big Republican names, big right wing names denouncing Trump. I mean, we've already seen that. And we're seeing Steve Ducey doing it. We're seeing, I mean, Laura Ingram, she said we have to move on from Trump. Then there's Ann Coulter. Ann Coulter's already kind of moved on from Trump a while back. Um, But there are more and more people coming out against him. And I think that uh, it's kind of fascinating. I don't know what he knows. Of course, I've begged him behind the scenes <laughs> for information and he won't give me any but um or he he gives me just a little tiny bit which isn't even worth sharing but um i i do think that it's it's fascinating to watch all of this unfold because it's like you're saying there's a, there's a momentum going on here and everybody's starting to feel it now but here's here's a question i have for you and this is also what i asked jennifer um now we know there's a big uptick in young women specifically women but young people registering to vote as Democrats. And that came because of the row, but there's also the gun violence and there's climate. Young people are more interested in voting now because of those three things. And the House is the scary, you know, proposition here, gerrymandering. I, I think it was Cook Political just came out today with there were I think five House races that are now leaning Democrat before maybe they were a toss up. How do you think this is going to affect the House? And, and how do you feel about the House? Well, the numbers are showing that we are not, you know, that it's in, increasing. Now, honestly, the Republicans, Mitch McConnell is shrewd. Mm-hmm. Been in this game for a long time, but I don't think he's ever faced anything like this. And he's, he's denounced Trump for a while. Um, they should have done it in the impeachment. Mm-hmm. They'd be in a much better position right now uh trying to take the off-ramp this close to a midterm election i think is going to just really split the the republican party all of trump's base will not show up to vote they'll boycott um they'll write in trump you know Mm -hmm. or whatever even though he's not running for anything right (laughs) um and you know we've been saying do it declare declare for president before the midterm wreck everything for you and you know (laughs) But they, you know, it's just the thing that blows my mind is how many off ramps they've had mm-hmm. and that they haven't taken. Right. And now they themselves in this position. And as Lindsey Graham tweeted in 2016, if we elect him, yeah. we'll, we'll be right and we'll deserve it. So do you how like, OK, let's just say on a scale from one to ten, ten being very confident. How confident confident are you that Democrats can or will win the House? Hold the house. Let's see. Um, it's tough to say mm-hmm. because history is against mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. but current events are with us. Yeah, I'm. I'm always kind of just a hundred percent positive. We'll hold the house. Like yeah. that's just my default. You have to like take it away from me. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know. You're like you start with an A. Right. And we can scroll down to an ass if you don't show up but um 
realistically, I would say there's a good, like, 70% chance, 7 out of 10, we hold the House. And I think it's closer to 90% that we that we gain more seats in the Senate. I, I'm, yeah. I'm 100% sure we'll hold the Senate. Me too. Uh, I'm 90% sure we'll gain enough seats to make mansion and cinema irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> I can live the whole rest of my life and never hear about this, too. I know. Too. I know. <laughs> it's also still a little bit tenuous uh yeah. and you know and honestly it's because of it's i don't think it's because democrats aren't fired up and ready to go i think it's but you know gerrymandering yeah. Voter yeah that's it and then i mean i i think also though the polling that we're seeing now for the most part is not necessarily taking into t- account the new voters and they're, they're going on older models now i mean i don't know and then i also know this you know i had said something to bob Hey, no one ever polls me. How come I never get polled? And he's like, well, you never answer your cell phone. <laughs> and so that's true. So I get, <laughs> so I decided one day I'm going to answer my phone. And sure enough, it was a pollster. So uh, it was a Democratic pollster. And I, and I did my thing. But, you know, I know that I'm not alone there. I'm not the only person who ignores calls that you don't know. And so a lot of people are who might have been polled aren't polled. And again, we have all these new voters. So I don't know that they're necessarily necessarily part of those numbers that they're, you know, that are showing up right now. I don't know, because I know when I was talking to Simon Rosenberg, who is also incredibly optimistic and like a Democratic strategist, he was saying that I think this was like a month or two ago when I interviewed him that the I guess it was like Nate Silver's poll was still factoring in the like the pre before they shut row down so it was like factoring that in and then he said after a couple of cycles eventually because I think at that point it was like Democrats were leading by two points and he said I really think it's more like four or five and I think we're going to see that in the coming months and I think sure enough we have seen that so I'm with you I think that the house is we, we have a lot to be concerned about because of gerrymandering gerrymandering specifically but it, because there is an opportunity where we might have a huge voter turnout. And if it's huge enough, it's going to overcome some of those stupid suppression tactics that they do. So I don't know. But I'm feeling I am very hopeful about it. I think we're going to be able to do it. We have to be able to do it. <laughs> That's just uh, where it goes. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I've been like, would you rather mm-hmm. for a while now? Like, would you rather have the January 6th committee hearings continue next year? Or yeah. would you rather have Matt Gates be Speaker of the House? Yeah. Would you rather have <laughs> impeachment hearings all year for Biden and Fauci, who doesn't even work there anymore, uh, like a ju- and Katanji Brown-Jackson, they'll probably try to impeach her. Like, yeah. it's that's what we'll have to deal with. A, a, a howling Jim Jordan, mm-hmm. a giant forehead of a Matt Gates button his face and it. <laughs> Provided he's not in prison. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm just, that's just not a low, they, they'll give chair, they'll give committee chairs to Bobert and Marjorie Taylor mm-hmm. Green. No, thank you. No, 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 no. All right. Uh, switching over to this now. Um, I guess the GOP had said that they weren't going to pay Trump's legal bills if he runs for president, but I, the, I, I believe they're not paying for his legal bills for this current investigation. Do you know about that? Am I right about that? Yeah, you're right. They've pulled their funding. They they had threatened to to do it earlier. Ronna Mc, Ronnie Romney McDaniel yeah <laughs> had threatened to pull uh, funding his legal bills. 
um, earlier, uh, but they kept paying them. But now with this, they're like, we're not, um, we're not doing it anymore. So this new guy, Chris Kyes, and good old Jim Trusty. Oh my God, <laughs> you know, just for his name, uh, have to. Uh, he they have to be paid by Donald, you know, himself. And so I'd be like, uh, okay, we're gonna need everything up front. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do you? Does that mean they're not paying his legal bills at all? Or is it just for this particular investigation? I, I think it's just for this particular investigation. So, but, but with this, you know, this Chris Boozy news where the, they're going to, they've used him for what the Republicans, he's fulfilled his purpose. He yes. put three on the Supreme Court. Yeah. Now they try to get rid of him. And I think they're planning on doing that sooner rather than later. And I'm mm-hmm. sure at that point, if the RNC is paying some of his legal bills, but not all, they'll yank it all. So now, oh God, um, do you think he's going to run again? Uh, I'm not sure if he can help himself. Mary, <laughs> Mary Trump has always said, no way, he'll yeah. never embarrass himself like that again. And then there's another argument. Once he declares, his money will be watched mm-hmm. uh, and regulated. And he doesn't want that either. Right. Hmm. Um, so... You know, I don't know. I think he's 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 run up the trial balloon. I'm mean, I'm thinking about it. I just can't say. They yeah. won't let me say. <laughs> and what he means by they won't let me say is if I say, then they start watching my money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that they won't let me steal from you anymore. Um, I can hear him in you. I can hear I, it. <laughs> yeah, Fox's impersonation, and it's, it's oh good. So I don't know. I really. He's. It's hard for me to get in the depraved and yeah. so rapid heart and mind of that man. So yeah. it's hard for me to tell. I think he will run. Mm-hmm. I think he thinks that it will help him or make it messier. Mm-hmm. Uh, indicted. I don't know. We'll see. But I want him to. Yeah, I know because I think that you know there, there's the opportunity where if he doesn't get the Republican nomination that he would just run as an independent and really fuck things up for them. That would be awesome. Um, but we'll <laughs> see. Now, do you... Th- okay, I also asked this to Jen, but if Democrats do get the bigger majority and, you know, we win in November, House and Senate, and we get these voting bills passed, do you think that the whoever it is is going to run for president? So let's just say it's DeSantis. Do you, I mean, obviously the threat will be, it won't be as hardcore because first of all, if we have the house, the elector thing isn't going to be the problem necessarily that it would have been. But with these, if if we do pass the voting bills, how much of a threat is the Republican party and the Republican GOP nomination for 2024? Well, they're they're terribly uh, threatening. First of all, we've got more of the Harper coming up in the Supreme Court, which could throw the decision to throw out electors to the legislators, which is what Trump was illegally trying to do mm-hmm. with the fraudulent elector scheme. Um, it, it's incredibly dangerous because mm-hmm. even if we pass voting laws, uh, that that'll get gutted by this court in a in a minute. Yeah. Same with uh, codifying votes. Our, our only solution <laughs> to add yeah. Supreme Court justices to the court. Um, and I don't know that we're going to be able to do that anytime soon. So we just have to keep voting our tails off, voting in numbers too big to to gerrymander. Yeah. And, and um, just hold on like with our little fingernails uh, until God. So we, 
until we can expand the Supreme Court. It's really the only answer. And, and I'm I'm not saying don't bother codifying Roe. Don't right. bother voting rights. Definitely do. Make a fight out of it. Um, but th- think about this this Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what Jen said, and that's you're right. I mean, that's what we have to worry about. And I hope I know Biden said that he wasn't interested in uh, expanding the court, which I prefer uh, to packing. But um, yeah, I, I, court packing to me is just is not expansion. It's it's packing. It right. means I've got a lot of I've encouraged a lot of judges to retire, and I'm gonna put as many judges mm-hmm. into the already available positions as possible. That's court packing mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with it. It's totally, it just has a sort of a negative connotation. Yeah. This is expansion. Yeah. I also think double the federal bench. That's just me. <laughs> well, I think though, overall things are, are, are looking good for the country. They're feeling a lot more hopeful than they were, especially a few months back when all we heard was high gas prices and inflation and, it was like I was so pissed off because I was thinking, look, we've got white supremacy. We've got domestic terrorism. We've got a, a coup. We've got all this stuff. And all you're fucking focusing on is gas prices. And why do you think electing Republicans is going to help with gas prices? You're just going to have higher gas prices under <laughs> them. So it's like, uh, so things are starting to turn around. And, I, you know, it's so funny because every day that we get better news, um, I just think of you. And I think of your optimistic attitude. So uh, I you know, I'm thrilled and, I, and I'm thrilled to have you on the show. I know you got to go, so I'm going to let you go. But I love listening to what you have to say. It's so fun talking to you. Of course, before I let anyone go, I make them tell everybody where to find you. Ah, well, you can find all of our shows at MSWmedia.com. Uh, I am now verified. Yay! I'm a real Congratulations. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. Nine times I tried to <laughs> And of course, I needed a man to get it done. Of you know, um, these days, I tell you, I know <laughs> when we can't have control over our own bodies or whether we're verified on Twitter. Uh, so that's at Mueller. She wrote. That's where I tweet most of my threads. Yeah. And then you can check my. Sometimes I'm up on the Midas Touch video doing doing quick hits there. But everybody needs to listen to the Daily Beans. It is my favorite thing that I do. It is a, a podcast, and I set it up. So you get all the headlines in the first two minutes and then you can bail if you want. And then I go into the headlines a little deeper and then you can bail if you want. But Mm -hmm. after that, I'll have an expert interview. And then after that, if you want to bail, but then at the end I have the listener submitted good news so that uh, we can all keep a little faith in humanity. It's it's absolutely my favorite thing that I do. So check out the daily beans pod, the daily beans podcast, wherever you get your podcasts and follow us, dude, we're beating Joe Rogan today. Yay! we're, (laughs) We're beating Dan Bongino and we're just, we're one step under Ben Shapiro. So if wow. everyone goes and likes and likes us and follows us on Apple Podcasts, we can we can outchart these dorks. Yes, definitely do that. And then while you're there, go like mine too. <laughs> so, um, also, I'm author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Extra E at the end of my name. Books are on Amazon. Thank you, Allison. Always great to talk to you. It is so great to talk to you. Thank you for the work you're doing. Your show is so incredible. Oh. I really. Well, thank you. All right. Take care.